0: To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message.
1: Join me in today's scripture reading. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit If you forgive any man's sins, their sins are forgiven and if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven Now Thomas Also known as Didymus One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came So the other disciples told him we have seen the Lord but he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were all in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding
0: of his word. Amen. Maybe seated. And this is the time that I get nervous. I'm going to grab the microphone from Mary here. I'm going to invite Dan Gardner to come forward. Uh, So we just heard a scripture passage about uh, Thomas, the, the doubter. As we said, so we always say that questions are, questions are accepted, questions are welcomed within the church. There's a lot of times that, that if we don't ask questions, we don't learn. Uh, and so I've always said that questions are, are certainly welcome. Doubts are also welcome uh, because certain people have had those too. So I'm going to have Dan be the moderator for me. He has the questions that, that many of you submitted. Uh, and so, granted, we're probably not going to get to all of the questions that were submitted. Uh, we never really do. Uh, but if there are some that don't get answered that you've remembered you asked a question but it didn't get answered, keep an eye out on field journals because they may come in uh, in those responses as well. So,
2: Well, good morning. My name is Dan Gardner, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm also a member of journey of hope church Amen. and i'm glad to be here we will be uh, covering three topics one is just some personal questions for jared they will be dispersed throughout and there's some theology questions and then there's some questions about the proposed merger adoption all so, right so that's it so, the introduction, we're going to start with some rapid-fire short questions.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Why do, why do I feel like this is ordination interviews all over again? Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> you can relax. I think you passed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cubs or socks?
0: Oh, man. I, I'm going to make some people upset. <laughs> <laughs> you, always, you
2: always have the right to say no comment.
0: Uh no. Cubs. I, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. See, I want to make half the congregation happy and <laughs> So, so Cubs if they're playing each other. Otherwise, I, I, I would love to see a cubs Sox World Series. Wouldn't everybody else? Come on. <laughs> this is the year.
2: <laughs> the sign of a true Cub fan, right? <laughs> Bears or Packers?
0: Oh, Bears! Uh, bears. My wife will say Packers all the way.
2: <laughs> um, boxer briefs? Oh no! What? <laughs> I, how did that question get uh, in there?
0: I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, I know that you like fishing. Biggest fish you've ever caught? Hmm? The biggest fish you have ever caught.
0: <laughs> uh, actually it was, uh, it was actually I think about two and a half years ago that, uh, that I caught a fish uh, caught a largemouth bass up at my parents lake that uh, was the largest bass I've ever caught and it was right after, I gotta say this, it was right after a phone call that I had with Reverend Darnether so I need to call her before I go fishing every time uh, but it was probably man that thing was no, uh, it was probably about uh, 20, 21 inches it was a good-sized bass. It went, well, for those of you who heard catch and release, I'm sorry, but it went straight from the lake to the plate. So... <laughs>
2: you have evidence.
0: Uh, uh, no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have a picture, yes. Yes,
2: you took a picture. All right. Switching to some theology here. What is the difference between God and Jesus?
0: Oh, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, I know, you know, we talked a little bit uh, last uh, the last time confirmation class got together we talked about the Trinity uh, and trying to uh, trying to understand what the Trinity is uh, and so it, you know as you look at the difference between Jesus and God uh, sometimes it's hard to differentiate but they are two uh, two different not two different identi- uh, identities because uh, we all understand God as the three-in-one God uh, so it is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, and they do this intricate dance. It's called, here's your the- your theology term for today, the first one, uh, a paracoretic dance. Uh, and what that is, is it's the three all kind of weaving together. The, the, one of the best ways I've seen that uh, portrayed is actually in the movie The Shack, uh, where where you see uh, Sarai, the Spirit, uh, God, the Father, and... Uh, and And Jesus, all kind of in the kitchen, all kind of working together and talking together, uh, all kind of being one. Really, is what that is. Uh, But obviously, if we look at uh, between God and Jesus, uh, we can look back to the beginning of Scripture, where uh, where God created all things, and then we look at the beginning of John, where the beginning of the Book of John says, uh, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, Uh, and the Word actually the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And the Word is Jesus Christ. Uh, And so Jesus Christ was from the very beginning. uh, Everything was created through Jesus. Uh, However, there is that differentiation where God sent His Son to die for us. And so there is that that piece of of God's redemption story comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, And so I think we do need to understand that there is that there are some differences between the two, but we also have to make sure that we still keep them together as God. Uh, and so I think probably the better way to suggest that would be uh, the difference between God the Father and God the Son, uh, is looking at it that way. Uh, but yeah, so I...
2: Thank you. Is there a sin so horrendous that it is unforgivable? Hmm.
0: Had some good conversations at uh, coffee with a pastor uh, about this one, uh, talking about the unforgivable sin uh, and whether there is one. There is one listed in scripture. There, the scripture that uh, scripture passage that talks about this is that uh, is that blaspheming the Holy Spirit is the unforgivable sin. And so, what exactly is that? Uh, the way I kind of view this uh, this part of it is that uh, is that blaspheming the, the spirit is basically denying the Spirit, denying the Holy Spirit's presence with us. Uh, and so if you deny the Spirit, you're denying God uh, at the root level. And so if, if you're denying the Spirit, denying that God even exists, uh, first of all, then what difference does it make? Uh, because you're not believing in God. Uh, but on the same hand, even if you if you if you deny the Spirit's presence at one point in your life, but then at, at another point realize who God is and what Jesus has done for you through the power of the Spirit, and then you welcome in the Spirit and you accept Jesus Christ uh, and you accept that relationship, does that mean that because you deny the Spirit and you blaspheme the Spirit at some point that that God is not going to step you back? And I can, uh, I, yeah, no, I cannot for the life of me believe that 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 a God that I believe is loving and just and merciful, if I approached God after some point in my life of walking away from Him and denying His presence, that God would not accept me back in. Uh, there are a number of stories uh, that, that I have heard, that I have heard from people who have shared where they have been in their life uh, and then turned and accepted God. And I cannot envision a world where God would not accept them back in, that God would not lovingly forgive them and give them that new life. Uh, If you need an example of it, there's a a website called I Am Second, uh, I-A-M-2, and it's a whole movement where they interview people uh, in chairs a lot like this, uh, where they interview them, and they basically have them tell their story. And there's there's a gentleman on there that was one of the very first that did this, and his name was Brian... Head Welch, and for any of you who knows who Brian Welch is, I would be really surprised. Maybe in the back row over there. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Brian Head Welch uh, was—he <laughs> was a musician with the with a heavy metal band called Corn—and uh, was uh, was about as far away from God as you possibly could be, and involved in alcohol and drugs and everything else, and denied God's existence. Uh, but now is a follower of Christ, uh, and his story is amazing. So yes, I, I can't believe that God would not welcome them back in if they earnestly repented of their sin.
2: Thank you. Uh, the last theology question, how do you reconcile science and religion, uh, that is with evolution and Big Bang versus Genesis creation? All
0: mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the very short answer that I, would, uh, that I would give for that one is that uh, Genesis, for me, uh, Genesis was not written as a science textbook. Genesis was not written that said, okay, so on the first day, this is what I did. I, I took two particles and I slammed them together and boom, everything exploded and created the universe as we know it. Uh, it isn't, I, I started with, with this little cell and I started growing things and, and made it what they are today. Uh, you don't find that in Genesis. What you find is Hebrew poetry. Uh, it's a creation story that says God created all things that's what it tells me. It says, hey, I don't know what, ev- what else is going on in the world, but I do know this. God created it. Just how God did it, I have no idea. Uh, science kind of leans into that. It leans into the, uh, to the how of things. Uh, scripture kind of tells us the why of things, uh, and I think that's probably how I would reconcile it. But so whether or not it's whether or not it's that theory of evolution, the theory of Big Bang. Notice I put theory in front of both of those, and you could say theory about a number of other things. Uh, One thing that I know that is not theory is that God did it. Just how God did it, I'm not sure. Uh, And so I'll continue to listen to science as they come up with, with new ways and new ideas and new theories of how it could have happened. Uh, and also be marveled at it as I, as I read about it and as I hear those stories about, well, hey, this could have happened or this could have happened, and we have scientific, uh, we have scientific evidence of, of this. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, we start looking through the telescopes and start seeing how big the, the universe is and however expanding it is, and it's like, wow, this is amazing that God could have created all of this. You know it's just amazing to see that, but but I lean heavily on both my faith and on science. Uh, I don't separate the two. Uh, I believe that that like I said, science can tell us how things happen, but my faith tells me why it happened. Uh, and I think we would all be uh, be better suited if if we kind of viewed it in that way of of not saying okay, well, nope. Science is absolutely right, so this is what we're going to stick with. And that means that, that religion really, that's like some people will say that it's just a myth. Uh, no, for me, science will tell me how. God tells me why.
2: Thank you. Switching now to the merger adoption. Mm-hmm. First question is what is the difference between the merger that occurred here and the merger adoption Good procedure? Question.
0: Yeah, uh, so, so there are a number of different, uh, different merger options that, that, that are out there. Uh, some of the most predominant ones are the two that, w- that we're kind of talking about right now. Uh, and so, uh, so I know that there are some new members here. There's some guests here as well that are kind of going, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And how, w- how did we get here? Uh, so I, I came to Epworth United Methodist Church in, in August of 2019. Uh, we started merger conversations with Wesley United Methodist Church, uh, really kind of actually in December, but like December January of uh, 2019 into 2020. Uh, and what we pursued and what we accomplished was a was a merger of two churches. Uh, and so what happened was is we merged Wesley and United and Epworth United Methodist Churches together to form Journey of Hope. Uh, we in the process then sold the property uh, that Wesley was worshiping at in so- on South Street, uh, and then moved over here to, to the old Epworth building, which is now Journey of Hope. Uh, that is bringing two churches together to worship together as one in one building, uh, bringing everything together, the leadership teams, the ministry, the finances, all brought together uh, to form one church, get in, got a new name. There are times when people merge together uh, and keep names. So there was an option at at that point of merging Wesley and Epworth together and just keeping the Epworth name. Uh, We also, I think, all realized at that point that 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 couldn't happen, that we needed a new name. We needed a new vision uh, and a new way forward. And boy, I tell you, the excitement and the the vision that came out of it uh, and the passion that came out of it, I mean, we're all kind of uh, witnesses to all of that as we go forward. Uh, This merger... Uh, is what we called an adoptive merger, and now an adoptive merger uh, is is now basically pulling another congregation into journey of hope, uh, so there n- technically would be kind of this parent congregation and a child congregation uh, we 're actually kind of doing something or we 're talking about it uh, about doing something of a hybrid of that uh, because uh, there is a lot of times that we hear about this parent church and, and child church, and it just doesn't seem to, to work real well. Uh, it seems like there's, there's authority on one and, and submissiveness on another, uh, which I don't really like. Uh, but the, the biggest thing that I would say with, with looking at it this way is that uh, the adoptive merge would be, bringing, uh, would be bringing Good Shepherd into Journey of Hope changing their name from Good Shepherd United Methodist Church to Journey of Hope. So there would be a Journey of Hope Elgin campus, and there would be a Journey of Hope Bartlett campus, because we would maintain that building, uh, and people would be worshiping in that building, uh, and we would be looking at new ministry in that building. Uh, The big difference between the parent and the child church is that the, the vision that I think we want to get across is that this is all one church that we are all connected uh, within all of this, which means that everything that's happening down in Bartlett is open for uh, Elgin campus. Everything that's happening at the Elgin campus is open for Bartlett campus and vice versa. Just, people just keep moving back and forth. Uh, so I, that's kind of the differences between the two, uh, where you know, the, the standard merge, you come together and you worship in one building. The adoption merge, we adopt them in, but yet they still worship in another building uh, connected to uh, the Elgin campus journey of hope.
2: Would the pastor be traveling and uh, how often do you expect to be absent Maybe. from here?
0: So uh, all part of the conversation within, within the merge, uh, and, but one of the, the initial visions is that, uh, that there would be an associate pastor uh, that would serve for the most part in the Bartlett location. Getting into the community, getting connected with the neighborhoods, getting connected with the high school, uh, to, to be able to reach out into that community. Uh, as far as traveling between the two, I certainly see at least one Sunday a month that I would travel down to Bartlett and preach at Bartlett and the associate would come uh, to the Elgin campus and preach in Elgin. Uh, but at this point I see that as one Sunday, uh, one Sunday a month that that would happen. Uh,
2: Thank you. I'm now going to jump to some personal questions because we're getting short of time. Okay. Uh, when and how did you first meet Jesus?
0: Mm. I, I, I joke that I, was, that I did not walk through the doors of a church. I was carried through the doors of a church uh, because my grandparents were charter members of Beth Eden United Methodist Church. And so uh, I grew up in the church. I grew up through Sunday school, uh, through confirmation, uh, senior high youth groups, lock-ins, uh, I survived lock-ins like many of you. <laughs> uh, so, it, so the question, you know, as far as when did I first meet Jesus, I mean, I, I met Jesus early on uh, through my Sunday school teachers uh, and growing up through the, uh, through the youth groups. Uh, my, I had multiple encounters with Jesus. One of the ones that, that really sticks out in my mind was, uh, was going to a Christian concert uh, by a group called DeGarmo and Key, uh, and I'm not sure if any. It's it's one of those uh, older Christian rock bands out of the uh, out of the '80s and '90s. Uh, but we went to uh, Midway Theater in Rockford, and they they played a concert there, a worship service, uh, and at the end, I just had this tug uh, that said, "You know what? You're you're doing fine. You know you, you're." You're going to church most Sundays. You're, you're involved with youth group. You're, you're listening to Christian music. But, but where's your heart? Is your heart in this? Uh, and at that point, I couldn't answer that my heart was fully in it. I was like, I, yeah, I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't know Jesus. Uh, and so they had, they had an altar call. Uh, they said, you know, if, if you're questioning, if you're wondering where you're at in all this, we want you to come down so that we can pray with you. Uh, and so I, I walked down front. I just, it was one of those things where uh, I just had this, this part of me that was like I couldn't hold back. I, you know, as much as I tried to in the seat and say no, 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 I'm not going, I'm not going, I just couldn't. I had to go down front and went down and uh, prayed with a band. Afterwards, they kind of whisked us off to a back room somewhere, uh, and we sat there and the band came in after they played their encore, and uh, we sat and talked with them for a while. I talked with Dana Key and Eddie DeGarmo, uh, they gave me a, a one-year study Bible that still has the ticket stub in it uh, of their, with their signatures on it. Uh, but that was the moment that it, I think one of the defining moments that it was like, I know who Jesus is. I know the stories of the Bible. I know all the Scripture passages. But did I really know Jesus Christ? Did I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Uh, and that was one of those first steps that that really led me along this journey. Thank you.
2: Uh, what made you go for the doctorate of ministry? Stupidity?
0: No. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, it was it was really kind of interesting to go for the for the the doctorate program. Uh, I was asked the initial class, which was in two thousand nineteen, they wanted me into uh, into one of the programs and said no, uh, and then the next cohort came up and I was like. They asked again, and I was like, "You know, this is exactly where I've been. I, you know, I went through uh, time, uh, my time down in Lanark, Illinois, and uh, Lanark United Methodist Church experienced a revival. They were experienced new life and and revitalization within that church, and then came here and, and, and look at all of you. I mean, this is amazing. Uh, so it's like the the doctorate program was focused on the revitalization of the local congregation. Yes." <laughs> absolutely why not uh and so and so this is kind of you know it just kind of led me to this and so uh it was like one of those breakthrough prayers that we talk about you know god knocked down doors open open up walls and let me really see where we're going and and if this is your will i'll go there uh and all the doors were open all the walls were knocked down and i, so I was like, well i can't say no now uh, and, and so it's just been an amazing journey. I, frankly, so letting you know, I, I have one year left of classwork. Uh, this is my last year of classwork, and then I entered the writing phase. Uh, so I entered into my dissertation phase. Uh, so I may tap on a few of you to kind of read some things, and I think I know another writer uh, that I may uh, ask some questions about, about doing some, uh, some of the writing and proofreading. Uh, but now the good question is, is what is the topic? Because uh, I have told many of you the, uh, the topic that I'm looking at, or that I was looking at, which may change now, because the, uh, the dissertation topic that I was looking at was creating and cultivating relationships uh, through the digital means of grace, uh, which is basically creating and, and cultivating relationships through online ways. And what does that look like? Uh, so that is still front and foremost in my mind, but there's another one that God just keeps pushing in. Uh, and so, I, again, I'm probably just going to say, okay, God, here, here's what I want to do, but God, you keep telling me that there's maybe something else, and that is the revitalization of the local church through a merger process. Uh, because, you know, as, as we went through it through, through Wesley and Epworth, uh, and now as we look at a different possible adoption merger, uh, the revitalization that has come from that, uh, it's really kind of just feeding in. Uh, so it's like God is still <laughs> saying, I think maybe this is where you really should be looking. So,
2: Thank you. I'm going to ask one more lighter question before we open it up. For you to ask any questions. Uh, what was your favorite trip?
0: Oh, that's hard. Uh, so many of them. Uh, top five. Top five. I, I give, that's a lot better, uh, because we just last year we just spent uh, a wonderful time down in Kiwa Island with a uh, with family. Uh, we were just missing Kyle. Uh, Kyle had to work. Uh,
2: Wesley did a work camp there.
0: Oh, down at Kiowa. Wow. That's a beautiful place. Wonderful to just spend some time on the beach, not doing anything. Uh, it was really kind of nice. Uh, so, that was a, a wonderful one to, to spend with the family. Uh, my wife and I went on a cruise uh, about 13 years ago. Uh, another beautiful time uh, that was spent with my parents and my younger, younger brother and older brother and their, and their wives. Uh, so, Beautiful time with them, uh, and then so many trips to, uh, to Colorado uh, to be out there among the mountains, uh, just beautiful times, yeah. One that I'm looking forward to, Holy Land. At some point, I'm going to make it over to, just, the, to do a Holy Land trip, so. All right, is that just on a bucket list? That's on a, a bucket list, yes, yes.
2: Uh, we might have to consider that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Any questions from the congregation? I uh, think there's a microphone going around or will be. Yeah.
0: Now Now's your chance to really stump the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Microphone's being...
0: Oh, hang on, hang on. Here's a microphone coming to you. That, well, that way people at home can hear you one of the rituals in church that i have missed being uh, here is a prayer of confession an act of confession, which is something that we got we have to reflect on one another, on ourselves yeah. and I, I don't know if that can be brought into the service it takes more time understand we're work, working in a in a tight
2: but oh. this, this could be brought into church, I believe. And it's a, mm. a, Looking back at yourself and what you have done. I realize
0: it's God loves us regardless of what we're doing. Amen. But we've got to turn inward and see how we're doing. Amen, Joe. Thank you. Uh, I think that's a beautiful part to add into worship. Uh, even, in, even at, say, the beginning of our morning prayer time, of, of being, having that, that retrospection of, of actually looking in, inward, and saying man i've done some I've done some bad things this week uh, I've done some bad things this morning. God, can you please forgive me uh, and so thank you, Joe. I think that would be wonderful to uh, to add into our worship.
2: Any other questions?
0: Oh then we've got to get back there
2: <laughs> <laughs> what in
0: regards to uh, the Bartlett Church becoming a satellite of JOH or a part of us, as it were, mm-hmm. what is the conference's position on this move? The conference's position. The conference's so I've had position. With, uh, with our district superintendent, Jeffrey Bross, uh, as well as a, a couple of others within the conference, they are 100% behind it. Uh, they are all in with us. They they see this as nothing but a but a benefit uh, to not only uh, these two congregations but also within the conference as well. Uh, so yes, they are one hundred percent behind it. Thank you. Yes, Stephen. What what are your thoughts about the rapture and how will I know that I'll be saved? Mm, <laughs> gotcha. Got me, man. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, I had, uh, so I, I, went to, uh, I went to a couple of churches when I was down in, uh, when I was down at college, my undergrad, uh, and, I, and I remember, because every time somebody says the word rapture, that's when, that's when little things just kind of stick out for me, because I remember going to a church, and, and I'm, I'm not really picking on them for this, but it was, it was something that was so outside of my comfort zone uh, that I wasn't really sure what to do. Uh, because they actually would jump in the middle of a worship service, and they had a certain time that they would jump, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and so I asked, and they said, oh, well, that's our rapture practice. (laughs) They were ready to jump and, and head up to the skies, uh, that is, you know, this is an interesting question. As far as uh, the rapture, there's so many questions about that, whether or not it's, it's premillennial, postmillennial, uh, where exactly are you? Because a lot of that comes out of the book of Revelation. Uh, and, and so I'm, I, I don't have a full theological stance on the rapture itself. Uh, as far as you know, when Christ returns, is it? Do we have you know a thousand years of tribulation uh, before Christ returns? Does Christ return, and then there's a thousand years after for tribulation? And when do we finally get to heaven? Uh, those are some questions that uh, that I think would be good ones to wrestle with for a long time. Uh, but knowing uh, it, it, the the better question, I think that you ask is is how how am I assured that I'm going to be saved when that time comes. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a very vulnerable question to ask uh, because uh, I think back to John Wesley, our founder of United Methodism. Uh, and John Wesley, for the longest time, preached faith, preached on, on Scripture, and he preached all of this. And, and he had a friend who who, George confi- or, uh, who John Wesley confided in. His name was George Whitfield. Uh, and he confided in him with him, and he says, you know what, I'm not 100% sure in my faith. I don't know that when that time comes that I will be saved. And George told him, he says, well, preach faith until you have it, and then preach it all the more after you have it. Uh, George's conversion, or George, John's conversion came much later uh, and it was in an instance where he felt his heart strangely warmed, uh, is how we call this. And so uh, he felt his heart strangely warmed after he heard a reading from the book of Romans. Uh, and it was at that moment that his heart was warmed that he was assured in his salvation. Uh, and so I think with, with that being said, and, and with kind of where I've been for a lot of my life too, uh, is that there have been a lot of times that I question that. It's like, okay, do I know that I'm going to be saved? Do I know that when Jesus returns, uh, He's not going to look at me like in the book of Matthew when He says the, that the Lord's going to look at me and say, I, I never knew you. Because frankly, that is the scariest passage in all of Scripture. And if that doesn't rock you to your core, you're probably going to need to do some more retrospection, an introspection, because there is that phrase that Jesus says, you know, he says, "Many of you call me Lord, Lord, but when it comes down to it, do you really know me?" Because at some point, we're all going to stand in front of, uh, we're all going to stand at that judgment seat, and I do not want to hear those words, "I never knew you." You know, uh, so I think there's there's a vulnerability in the question of of asking whether or not I am actually saved. And I think there's a truth in that. I think that you would not be alone in saying, hey, I I don't know for sure. But I'm going to continue to work. And I'm going to continue to strive. Not that I have to, because we all know that we are saved by faith and not by works. But I'm going to continue to do all that God has called me to do. So that when that day comes, I know that Jesus is there for me and that God will welcome me in at that that point. Uh, And so keep working at it, all of us. Keep working at it. Keep studying, keep uh, diving into Scripture, and keep having conversations with God, Uh, because God will then continue to reassure you that that you are one of the fold and that you'll be welcomed in.
2: On behalf of the uh, congregation here, We are very, very, very grateful that you are here, and we appreciate all that you do and all that you've expressed. Really, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So in response to so many different questions, uh, and as I said, there are some questions that I have that I know that he was not able to get to, uh, including... Steve, yours, so be on the lookout for that one. Steve asked a question about uh, Alice Cooper. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that one. Uh, I will answer that one in a, uh, in a field journal because that one was a really good one. I love that one. Now, as we get ready to go forth from this place, uh, but go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.